us for now episode three of the Marketing Cranks. Man, we're on a roll. We are on a roll. This is Robert Pease and joined by my brilliant, award-winning and esteemed colleague, Brian Hansford. Yeah, you know, I appreciate you uh, pumping up my ego there. That's really good. I need all the help I can get. <laughs> Broadcasting to you from uh, Heinz Marketing Headquarters in uh, still somewhat beautiful Redmond, uh, Washington. We haven't gotten the worst of wintertime here in Seattle area yet. but yes, uh, It's been a nice fall. It has. It has indeed. Well, hey, so today's show, um, appropriately titled, I was told there would be no math. Um. Yeah, math math is a problem, but I think we're going to dive into this a little bit. We are indeed. And so the backdrop on this is we have a great new survey uh, called the State of Pipeline Marketing that uh, we worked a little bit with some of the sponsoring companies on, but Visible uh, drove this as well as Radius, ReachForce, Uberflip. So a lot of really strong uh, marketing technology vendors just trying to take a snapshot of kind of the state of marketing and, and through the lens of the pipeline, which is what we love here at, at Heinz Marketing. Yes. Yeah. It was this. I think this is the third survey that Visible has produced. So um, they have a running track record on this, and <clears throat> the data that they've captured uh, is very interesting. And I think it, uh, you know we're going to discuss a few of the data points here. Um, encourage you to download the report yeah, for and, sure. and um, see how this. You know, see if this gives you some ideas on how you may be performing. Uh, look at how you're driving and managing and measuring your pipeline performance. And then, you know, is there some guidance or some things that could help you in 2017? Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, and if you wanted to read along at home and actually download your own copy, Brian, where would folks go to get that? So the survey, the State of Pipeline Marketing 2016, is available, and this is really simple, at pipelinemarketing.com. It'll take you right to the the landing page right there the form is right there just download it um dave rigotti the vice president of marketing with visible he has uh below the fold a little bit he's got a little bit of a video intro um but it's a robust report some really good data and it's about 45 pages long so i encourage you to take a look at it yep the bar is very low for you to get access to your own copy so uh yeah embrace the challenge yeah so here's what brian and i did we we downloaded our own copies uh and we went through the report separately uh this is how we do it scientific wise here at heinz marketing It, it, it was a random sample uh and sort of picked out some of the things that were results that we thought were interesting. We're going to talk about those in a, in a sort of a, a back-to-back format here. Right. So, uh, again, our desire is that you are entertained by our commentary, but also you find some good actionable stuff out of it. Um, so with that, uh, I will lead with what the first one that I thought was really an interesting <laughs> one, uh, which is around what is the top marketing priority. And so Very interesting here. Yeah, you know, this is interesting, right? So so 45, almost 46% of the respondents uh, responded that it's generating more leads, uh, I guess, or increasing demand, generating more leads slash demand here, uh, followed by about 34% that actually were focused on, you know, converting those leads uh, into customers or actual revenue. So yeah. I know what my reaction was to that. Brian, what's, what's your reaction? So when I look at this, uh, one of the things that strikes me is, companies of all sizes um, that participated in this survey um, are really heavily focused on top funnel marketing Um, and then you know based on some of the data points that are that are in some other areas in the report we're going to see some interesting things here but uh, it it shows to me that I think there's more opportunities that are being missed 
deeper in the funnel that these companies aren't taking advantage of. But there's, you know, there's always a need for demand. How are you going to meet that demand? Are you as optimized or as efficient as you could be, as effective as you could be? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think that's kind of interesting. What yeah, do you think? Yeah, I, I do. And I think this was not a small sample. Right? There are several hundred companies. Uh, I think uh, there were over 350 yeah, that so, were uh, surveyed here, right? So I think it's, I, I see this all the time. And I certainly, as I've, I've been a VP of marketing in the past, you know, you're always under pressure to, to, to sort of hit your number and your number is yeah. you know gross leads and you can sort of hide behind that and go to your uh, board meetings and, and and throw your numbers out and then watch the VP of sales squirm uh, yep. uh, I, <laughs> I think the and that's not right because no. what what needs to be a priority um, as I look at the at the, the respondents here if you look at you know um, and again this is on page number 11 of the survey what is your top marketing priority uh, only less than five percent are focused on reducing the cost of customer acquisition, mm -hmm. and so to me, that's a much more inclusive measure. In other words, I'm looking at it not only in terms of the volume of leads I'm generated, but I'm actually looking at those that have converted into customers, and then I'm sort of holistically saying, yeah. does it pencil right? If your if your average selling price is five dollars, and it costs you one thousand to get a customer, Brian, is that a good thing? Uh, you know. I guess if you're maybe Apple or um, <laughs> as most where, where you want to give phones away right. or subsidize those through right. a channel, that, that maybe that works. Yeah. But for the rest of us, um, it's not a real good mode of operation. Yeah, no doubt, so. Right. so I think I think that that's how I look at this, which is I yeah. think that, that it's about sort of the uh, the attribute level stuff versus the core of what you should be measuring and managing to. So again, yep. I, it's not wrong to have generating more leads as your top priority, right. uh, uh, but you need to look at it. You know, I think that 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 it, if you look at it as, am I being successful if I'm generating generating leads and closing customers at economics that are that are that are good for the profitability of my business? I think you can't go wrong with that type of discipline. Yeah, and I, you know, another thing that is interesting is we're talking about this is. You know, some of the other options that have a lower representation here, I think, are very challenging to manage to and also measure. Um, and, you know, how do you how do you measure the impact? And for a lot of these companies, they need to show results in a quarter um, or two quarters or a month. Um, so if you work on things like sales and marketing alignment, doesn't mean that that has to be the top priority, but if only 6.6% of organizations surveyed have sales and marketing alignment as a priority of any kind, <laughs> right. um, you know, I think there's a lot of missed opportunities there simply because if you have your sales and marketing organization aligned, you have shared goals with the full funnel, um, there's, you know, it, it, I think there are, there's data that shows that your pipeline performance and your revenue performance, it will be optimized. You're on the same page, um, you're operating in alignment, and you're helping drive things through, not just f focused on the top funnel, but you're getting it through the entire funnel to close. Yeah, good points, good points. So uh, I'm gonna move on to my second one that I liked, just because uh, I'm talking right now, so I'm gonna dominate the conversation. Good, good, I like uh, it. I'm gonna move on to, uh, this is on page 19. Um, what marketing activities slash channels are you currently using to acquire customers? 
and uh, there's sort of a uh, not a surprise here and kind of a surprise to me. Yeah, a couple surprises. Um, <clears throat> the number one here, 87.5% responded that email marketing. And mm-hmm. I, uh, maybe I'm a little old school, Brian, um, and, and think about this in terms of, you know, uh, the things that do that work in the marketing toolkit. But yeah, email marketing is a core component of any company. So you need yep. to be focused on list building. You need to be focused on not spamming the heck out of that list. But using email is a programmatic and a methodical way to engage. So right. I was pleased to see that at the very, very top um, of the priority list here. Yeah, yeah. The, the so number one dominant is email marketing. Again, I, I have to emphasize or reinforce what Robert said. You have to be um, intentional with how you're doing or performing email marketing. Um, the batch and blast mode of of Demand generation, it doesn't work. Um, you know, it may feel good. You may generate some activity and some preliminary results to a certain extent, but you're not really going to operate at and fire in all cylinders the way that you do. Um, Robert, what do you think about uh, number two? <laughs> a little surprising. That one. Uh, that one. It's really listing uh, social media. Uh, what marketing activities or channels do you currently acquire customers with? Right. Not reach. Not influence. Uh, not not target. But actually do customer acquisition. Customer on. acquisition through social media. Yeah. And and maybe this is maybe this is more around. We don't. I don't think it parses in the actual survey here around what is paid versus what is organic. Right. This may include yeah. some some sponsored. Uh, insert campaigns and some other things, but yep. um, I mean, my view on social is, and, and as I have done this in companies and I've worked with companies now and try to help them with that, is they like if that's where your customers are, then then it's a it's a good path of customer acquisition, right? Um, or a potential one. You should test it as always. We talk about, but or it's uh, part of the mix, right? Yeah, for sure, right? But you know, if it's you know if you're if you're dealing with a highly highly regulated industry that locks down its network and doesn't allow people to go to anything other than four websites from the company computers during the day. Right. Uh, you may reach them after hours, maybe through this platform, but it just doesn't become a core thing. So I think uh, I don't disagree. I mean, I've, I've done a lot of social in, in, in my past. It's been a core part of, of, of both my view of how the landscape works and the company I ran had a core component around social and social signals. Uh, I was just a little surprised to see it so high. Well, you know, when we look at how we market ourselves at Heinz Marketing, I mean, social is a core component. It's not the only component, but it, it's definitely a driver. It's yeah. a channel for us. Um, I think there are some industries and some segments where social is um, it's turned into more of a noise channel, so it doesn't perform as well. We have um, we're working with an organization right now that is in a very <clears throat> industrial mm-hmm. segment uh, or industry. Um, not they're more laggard, more of a laggard in how um, they engage with digital marketing or any other marketing activities. However, uh, <clears throat> employees in our target personas use LinkedIn very, very um, religiously, but they're not being engaged with effectively through LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And we've been running some programs with them through LinkedIn to sponsor content and um, uh, just having some high value content engaging with this audience and the performance has been absolutely stellar. Yeah, yeah. So I think it, you know, it's really dependent upon you know who, who you are and what you do and, and the audience you're trying to reach. Yeah, and there may be a little bit of a blur between social media as you're just discussing it right on this on this chart and the next one down here, which is content marketing, right? Because sponsored content is is essentially part of a of a to me, right? It's part of a broader sort of content acceleration or, or a content distribution yeah. effort where you're you're able to dial in on a target and you're looking for the 
platform they consume in the LinkedIn example. You know, you yep. can certainly target by a bunch of attributes there and, and sort of insert this into people's uh, consumption patterns. You know, what, uh, what's striking to me also here is the, and this covers a lot of ground, but there is 5% of this uh, uh, response set which was other. So what does that mean? I don't know. What else could it be? <laughs> so we've. I want to know because like I, so I'm like this, is, this seems from pretty thorough. TV to print ads <laughs> to retargeting to I, telemarketing to you know, PR. I know what it is. I know what it is. It's the Geico uh, banner that flies around Seattle from the airplane. So I was going to say uh, NASCAR. And, and nothing against Geico. Definitely love the company and it's great. I just am always intrigued by the fact that they spend the money to have an airplane fly around the city. Well, you know, uh, uh, I think. NASCAR, you could get probably one of those little stickers on Ooh, yeah. above the headlight. Oh, right that on. Probably right, yeah. only cost you about fifty thousand dollars to sponsor <laughs> on a single car for the year. So, I mean, that maybe that's where it goes. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. And sort of, and I'm, I'm leading myself a little bit. I'm going to continue to dominate uh, what I thought was interesting in this survey <laughs> because uh, that's the way it works on uh, uh, around here. Uh, <laughs> So SEO is next, and then we talk about word of mouth and referrals as a, a channel to acquire customers. And again, mm. we, we were talking earlier, uh, yeah, no doubt, right? A warm sort of introduction, a known sort of pre-qualified, trusted source points you somewhere. That's, yeah. that's, the, that's, so, that's what you want, right? Um, but I don't think companies are doing customer marketing very well, at least a lot of what we see. I, I see the, okay, we get the sale, we've won the sale, we won the customer, um, Yes, a number of organizations, depending on, you know, if you're B2B tech or cloud-based solution or something like that, um, you may have a customer success team. But um, I don't, you know, there's solutions out there that can help drive that process or support it. As a whole, I think a lot of B2B companies that I see that I've worked at um, that uh, we work with here are really poor at customer marketing and getting that referral if that works so well right how come we don't why the hell aren't we you know trying point. to drive this very good more? point right and that's that's page 20 in this report which is which activity channel makes the most positive impact on revenue and blowing away everything else is word of mouth and referrals 22 percent versus the next uh step down which is which is email marketing here and so so i agree right i think that it, and it's interesting sometimes um companies don't think about doing this uh or they overthink it and, you know, the yeah. time to ask for the referral is not when, you know, you are just got the ink still wet on the contract. Um, I don't always think it's the best place for it to, to be owned by customer success or customer support or customer yeah. experience because their, their motivations and their incentives are, are different, right? They're not, uh, they're trying to make the customer happy and they want to solve their problems and it's a very reactive mode as opposed to something more proactive, like you said, which is sort of an institutionalized customer marketing initiative. Um, and what I've seen over the years is that you'd be surprised what happens when you just ask people. Oh, yeah, yeah, a- You don't absolutely. have to give them anything. You don't have to give them a turkey, uh, as, we, as we saw in our inboxes here in the last couple of days, uh, or incent them in some way, right? You can sometimes just ask, and if you've built good, strong relationships, people will do that for you. They just need to be guided in terms of what they should do for you. Oh, well, I know uh, I've been at trade shows or some of the companies I've worked with in the past and have customers that will come up to the booth and say, man, we've used you guys for five years, love you. You know, it's, it's great to finally meet one of yep. you guys yep. in person and talk to you in person. Yep. Um, you know, that, when I hear that, that just blows me away. We are the only other times we're reaching out to you is when we're trying to get the annual renewal. Yeah, I mean, right it's... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge believer that you, one, you gotta earn it, right? In that case, in that scenario, you clearly had earned it. Right? Yeah, there, they, they there were was something very there much they in loved. your case. 
you just hadn't asked for it. Yeah. Um, you know, and again, every industry is a little bit different. Every buying dynamic is a little bit different. And sometimes it helps to sort of incent people a little bit. Hey, we're going to give you a discount on your renewal, which is a company level incentive. Or sometimes different people are incented. I'm going to give you a $100 gift card. Yeah. And that's an individual incentive. Um, but I have seen in the past when you lead with an incentive that sometimes people are like, you know what, you don't have to give me anything. Right. Right. I like you and you guys do good work and you're strategic to my business. So, so again, I think the takeaway on this one is like if you don't have a customer marketing program, um, one, call us. We're happy to design one for you. <laughs> we got to underwrite this show somehow, yeah, don't we? Right. Um, but think about it, right? Think about how you're in, and, you know, even sketch out some metrics in terms of what you would want to have in terms of referral business from your customers. Because clearly, based on the data here, it is, it is. Not as a, it is not a, a, a top weighted or acquiring customers based on page 11, but uh, or page 19, but page 20 says it is the most important and best one. Well, and if you look at you know just carrying on this theme a little bit on page 42, they the, for companies less than 200 employees, the most positive impact on revenue channel, their channel with most positive impact on revenue, 26 almost 27 percent is word of mouth referrals. Um, over 200 employees, uh, 13, almost 14% view that as the uh, ha having a positive impact on revenue, and it looks like it's about in third place. Um, so it's a top three, well, number one for smaller organizations are 200 or fewer employees, and third for with companies that have employees 200 more, uh, I you know, I th there may be one issue here where companies don't know how to build a strategy around that. Mm -hmm. That may be one thing. Or who's going to do it? It's probably easier to think about top of funnel lead generation. Yeah. Yep, um, yep. And then well, it goes back to it's not a it's not a new lead. Well, right? yeah. We'll go back to net, the, top, the, sexier. the top priority here, right? We got in the data. Uh, Brian, I don't care that you've got a program running to to sort of get this referral engine started from our customers. When is it going to yield? When are we going to get it? How's it going to work? Yeah. How many new leads do we have this week? Uh, not that one should take the place of the other, but they have to be looked at holistically. And I agree with you is that if you have a director of demand generation, right, in your company, are they looking at the existing customer base as a programmatic way to generate demand? Yeah, I would say very rarely, except for, and this is the cynical, cranky Brian, except for <laughs> annual will, renewals. I'm glad this is on the show. Annual the renewals. Right even yeah. even with cross-sell, upsell programs that everybody likes to talk about, I don't think there are very many companies do that yeah. as much as they like to say they do. Um, so Yeah, I've know. just seen it, I've seen it a lot of times just be outside the domain of, of sort of core demand gen folks, right? Yep. That, it, that it's like, oh yes, that's important, we know. Uh, it's a land and expand uh, responsibility, which is, but we're not talking about selling additional license seats or revenue opportunities inside an account. What we're talking about here, which is which is a whole different animal, yeah. right? Which is account expansion. Uh, this is about driving to what your core objective is here, which is to generate new leads and new opportunities, but 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 doing that through an, a customer base that knows more about you than anybody will that downloads an ebook. Yeah, right. 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 Um, and is a more credible source. Well. And think about it this way, if you're a SaaS business, uh, you know, we're in the Pacific Northwest here, so tons of SaaS businesses. Um, what, what if a SaaS-based business actually had more focus on customer marketing um, as opposed to managing to churn? 
or, mm -hmm. or things like this. So you minimize the churn, and the only way you can minimize churn and increase profitability is by increasing the number of new customers that you have. Well, what if you were able to, you know, add a component to that and um, market to those customers, yeah. and then turn them help convert them into a channel? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I don't know. There's some interesting dynamics there. So. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Brian, why don't you go next, since so, I've dominated the conversation thus far. Well, one of the important things with this report uh, that marketers always struggle with is how do you measure the effectiveness of your um, marketing channels, of uh, your overall marketing strategy? And, um, you know, being that this was uh, developed by Visible, uh, you know, obviously they're, they're looking at attribution. Yep. And yep. attribution is hard. i mean it's it's hard it's hard okay it, it's it is hard okay. so all of you out there that are struggling with the fact that you haven't gotten this right yet uh it's it's okay it's it, i think there's even a chart in here somewhere i don't have it in front of me right of the number of people that either feel that it's that the the numbers are confident or that they've actually nailed it and it's not huge yeah it's th this is a challenge there's a number of reasons why it's a challenge you know capturing the right data uh, capturing it the right way, measuring that in a way that you feel reasonably comfortable with. But I think it, it looks like uh, some companies, I don't know if they're actually measuring the right data or if they're emphasizing or have a strong enough focus on the data or the metrics that matter. Yeah, yeah. So if I'm looking at you know page 16 here where they're talking about mar marketing metrics and ROI, um, <clears throat> very interesting contrast between two types of organizations here. One uh, are organizations that responded that claim to have positive ROI on their marketing performance. And then <clears throat> the other is the negative or break-even ROI uh, uh, in marketing performance. The organizations that um, focused or have positive ROI, they have two dominant uh, areas that they are focused on, and I think this is fantastic. I actually love to see this. The first is they're looking at total opportunities and pipeline. 23.6% are, are uh, looking at total opportunities and pipeline. You know, how are you building the pipeline? Probably pipeline acceleration, the velocity, and then total revenue. Uh, so I think, you know, what that shows with those organizations, they're not just looking at lead generation or pure activity numbers. They're trying to see how they can support the entire pipeline. Um, if you look at the negative or break-even ROI organizations, the total opportunities of pipeline, um, they, it's, it's a decent number, but it's only 17% there compared to positive ROI of 23 and then that here's here's a very stark contrast here. I'd like to see what you think about this. Negative or break-even ROI companies, only 4.4% of them look at total revenue as one of their uh, marketing metrics in, in ROI. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. That uh, I guess that kind of concerns me a little bit. Well, here we know, are in 2016. Well, you know, it's 2016. And, and <laughs> <laughs> Even before 2016, there's some fundamental fundamental uh, tenets of business, which is why are we doing this? And I and I always yeah. believe I always believe in investment in marketing is an investment to scale the business, right? Um, you're trying to get something um, uh, builds awareness, right? Brings qualified people into the to, to the fold, removes the friction from the selling process, mm. all those other things. And so I think not having a uh, sort of a holistic revenue mindset is um, 
you know, it may not be, there's this perception, I guess, and, and, and to a degree uh, uh, can be uh, correct, which is, I'm in the marketing team. What the heck do I have? How can I impact I revenue? don't close deals. I don't close deals. I'm not comp yeah. that way. Um, you know, there's a whole different discussion we could have about you know, comping marketing yeah. people around uh, around deal closures. But yeah, I, I think it's uh, um, I think it's sort of a, of an eye on the ball type thing, and, and kind of managing to uh, um, you know managing to the bigger picture as opposed to just you know what's what's the thing that you're trying to generate. I mean, the, it, yeah. the, the good news is we have more instrumentation and more data available to generate more reports than we've ever had possible in the world of marketing. Right. The bad news is. We have more data, and we have more well, ways we have to more data, more data and reports. I think um, demand marketers, modern marketers, are struggling with actually capturing the right data points. Yeah. Uh, if you are not capturing the right data points, you're not going to be able to determine what's going on there. Yeah, um, so yeah I mean, and again, there's a lot of things that, that, that lead up to an actual customer win, right? And you, you can't just sort of you know wait for it all to unfold. And you want to sort of see where you are and track your activity to it. But, uh, Definitely a, a topic, probably for another episode. Absolutely, and I think you know where where that leads into for me is which organizations have an attribution model that they're actually using to measure performance. Mm-hmm. Um, quite a range of answers here, and everything from first touch to lead conversion touch, last touch um, based on opportunity created multi-weighted where you get into some very interesting models that um, uh, visible supports where you have U or what they call U or W shaped models um, and even getting into some custom uh, attribution models but I think the thing that stick out sticks out there for me is um, companies that don't have an attribution model and um, that that is the vast majority of organizations yeah. that respond. That's the data point I was referencing earlier. What is that? That's like thirty some odd percent. Yeah, it's, yeah, it looks like it's a little over thirty percent. And so, right, don't you, don't have an attribution model, right? So that's that's not. I have one, and I don't like it, or it isn't right, or I'm still working on it, or it makes me pull just, my hair out. It's like I don't, I don't know. I just I don't have one, and. Uh, listen, I get it with when you are using Salesforce, for example, as your system of record, you can't tie attribution between leads and contacts and opportunities and accounts, you know, all of that stuff breaks, but there's solutions out there that can help with that. Um, <clears throat> so if you don't have an attribution model that you can actually either cobble together on your own, um, either if you're doing the manual spreadsheet thing or using tools that are available, um, if you don't have one, or if you do, if you don't have a, a an attribution model, how are you going to effectively measure what your performance is? Are you just basing that on all of the vanity metrics of emails, o- sends, opens, deliverability, site visits, click-throughs? All of those things are good yeah. dials to look at and turn a little bit. But, uh, you know, I am not going to be able to tie email opens to revenue. Right. Or even if, let's say you don't have an attribution model, right? Then you're probably just measuring cost of customer acquisition, right, Ryan? <laughs> no. Well, that kind of gets back to your original not, point, doesn't it? <laughs> you're not. It's a low priority. Uh, 5% of people are uh, focused on reducing cost or reporting or knowing as a priority what cost of customer acquisition yeah, is. 34% do not have an attribution model. And uh, there's that other again. What's other? <laughs> What's so, that? It's either you do or you don't, or uh, maybe that's yeah. I don't know. I don't know. 
I don't know what that is. Maybe it's a little hocus pocus. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know. Again, I, give us a call uh, here at Heinz Marketing, www.heinzmarketing.com, and we have no shortage of content that will. Uh, actually, you know what? <laughs> That's not even content. We just like tell you. Yeah. Oh, we'll just well, point you. This, we'll point you to this podcast. And by the way, if you don't have an attribution model, listen, guys, we're not trying to uh, jab you. We because we know this is this is challenging stuff. It's not just a matter of capturing data. Um, you you know you have to get your organization aligned on this, and then yep. uh, make sure that you can actually capture the data with the systems that you have. You have the capabilities to actually measure that, that you have everybody on, on board to actually appreciate what, what's there and understand it. So um, the 34%, I get it. I, Robert gets it. Yeah, it's sure. not easy. Um, and, but, you know, I definitely think it's the direction that you should be heading, heading towards. Um, for sure. So uh, I have another favorite chart. Can I talk about that? Go for it. Okay. Go so this it. one is on page 21, and it's one of the more it's one of those charts that you don't even have to sort of see up close to see if there's something interesting being reported on it because the data skews so high one direction. It's a huge skew. In the next year, again, this is uh, page 21. In the next year, do you plan on increasing or decreasing or doing the same amount of content marketing? Uh, a whopping 73.6% plan on increasing their content marketing. I love seeing this. I love seeing this. If there is any area that we get stuck on, our, our clients or colleagues, friends, content. If you don't have content, you're not going to have the fuel for your demand generation. I don't care if you have the best marketing automation implementation in the world. Um, if you don't have content, you don't have that vehicle, that vessel to tell the story, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, it's almost like this needs to be next a question down to ask. Not that I'm... Uh, I'm modifying this one. Maybe next year we we'll do this. Like, of that percentage of content marketing you're going to do, how much of it is not going to be about you? Ooh, oh, interesting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Look, you know, yeah. most as we yeah. as we get into places, and, and I think this is this just happens, right? Your content is very much about you. It's about your product. It's about your service. It's about your features. It's about how awesome you are. Yeah. And you spend very little time thinking about the content your customers and prospects actually want to consume. That's right. Right. And so mapping content to the funnel, right? Something we do all the time. And and again, this goes back to priorities, right? Around lead gen and 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 and, right. and building yeah. awareness and the, the using social, right? I mean, uh, you're you're now able to target in a better way than ever possible, right? Across lots of different mechanisms, um, you got to have something to say, and you got to have something to say that that puts you. I mean, the, the, the aspiration should be to know as much about the problem that you're trying to solve as the prospect who has that problem. Well, and from not only that, but from their perspective. Their perspective, exactly. Their, and their, then show them the way to fix it. Right. And, and then didn't you you just are sort of the pre-drawn conclusion. Oh, the way to fix it is my service or my product or the way I do it. But I'm going to talk to your pain, right, your problem. It's just, you're probably experiencing this problem or these are some common issues you're probably experiencing or you are likely experiencing this or if you aren't, you probably will be. Yeah, you know, if you take yeah. that perspective, it's interesting. No doubt, right? So awesome to see that as such a high uh, focus area. We yeah. agree wholeheartedly. Yeah, um, that's very encouraging. Uh, um, and then I have a question for you, Brian, as a, as a content marketing expert that you are. Oh, jeez. I'm going to start <laughs> doing content marketing tomorrow. When can I expect it to work? <clears throat> so you're going to start doing content marketing tomorrow. Yes. Okay. Um, and... 
you expect to see the results. What kind of results are you looking for? <laughs> well, I want some leads, Brian, because you, you know that's my, my top priority in terms of what I what I measure and what I look for. Uh, okay, so there are so many answers. To, or actually, I have more questions for you. You can ask me a question like that. Okay, okay. okay what, what, what kind of content are you going to start? Oh, what kind of content marketing are you going to start tomorrow? What does that mean? It's a data sheet about my product. Uh, okay. And I All want right. people to schedule a demo with me. And then you're probably going to do it in Microsoft Word <laughs> and, you know, just uh, just right. remember it's all about you. And It really is. Um, yeah, so, yeah, it, it, be a little I've got an answer for you. You won't see results. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, it's and this is hard, right, because, again, we work in a business where it's like we're going to make this investment to scale the business, as I said earlier, right? And that's what marketing is designed to do. And we're all about, you know, cost of customer acquisition measurement, which very few of you are doing and need to do. Um, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, you can't just sort of do this for an indefinite amount of time and expect, you know, for something to sort of magically happen. So, uh, but I do think, I mean, it's just like having a conversation, right? You have to lay it out and you have to think about how you sort of introduce yourself to someone and how you build credibility. Um, this is where customer referrals are so very important, right? I mean, the, the, you can use content marketing within that customer marketing program. That's right. Right? Yep. Um, you know, back in the day in the life of the target you're trying to get to. So, um, I think it's a. Uh, 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 I think it's great that there's a lot of activity to it. I just think it has to be looked at programmatically. And to me, even sketching that out over, look, this is going to be a nine-month content marketing program, and we're going to map this to our funnel. And we know we have existing deals, maybe that are stuck. What does my sales team need? Well, to and that's the way them? you should look at it. I think there's a simplistic approach sometimes, and not that there's anything wrong with this, but um, we need to do a white paper. Or we need to put something together here just just because it's a great idea, you know, and it may be the greatest idea there, you know, out there. But uh, I think we see a ton of surveys out there from Content Marketing Institute, marketing mm -hmm. profs, mm -hmm. and other organizations mm -hmm. that say, you know, yes, there's definitely more content, but the crap has actually increased <laughs> exponentially, right? So yeah, right. Um, and you're, so your filter should be. I mean, this is what I always. I use as sort of a centering when I get, when I go through this, which is like, look, like all we're trying to do is get into the consumption patterns of, of our prospects, right? And in order to do that, you have to have something valuable to add, and you have to think about unfolding that. So this, you know, again, this goes back to my patience theme, right? Is that <laughs> you know you have to understand that it's going to take somebody to lean into you a little bit, and so how you unfold that content, right? It's a contributed article in a publication they read, right? And then. It's a webcast, back to the old uh, traditional yeah. and, and uh, independable things. Yeah, it's a passive engagement opportunity. Have a, have a web-based session where people can come and learn. That, right. Uh, and they right. kind of lean a little bit into you. And then you know who they are, and you can follow up, and you can send them a recording. But so you're just trying to get people a little more engaged. And that's what you can use content for, right, is to, is to use as that engagement lever um, um, around that, right? Not just sort of, hey, let's create a bunch of stuff and a bunch of PDFs and have this repository of stuff that... No one yeah, uses. and then we can do batch and blast emails just to promote whatever white paper on our product, right. which isn't even a white paper at that point, right? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, not only you know if you're going to increase the spending and also the focus on content marketing, number one, I think that's fantastic. Yep. I love to see that, but be smart about it. Yeah, yeah, and again, programmatic, right? I mean, that's yeah. my thing, right? It's going to take. So back to my question: When's it going to start working? Well. The day you start, it will start working, right? Yep. The the impact on the pipeline, the impact on your revenue, uh, you know, there certainly is a little bit of a lag point. But for every day you don't start, right, or for every day you, you haven't elevated the conversation beyond just you and your product or service, 
you know, that's another day that goes by that you're not. Hey, not you know, um, if you don't start working out, you know, you're not going to start getting in shape. That's right. right? That's so right. speaking of which, I need to. Anyway, <laughs> so that's another topic. All right. You got another one for us? So, uh, you know, one of the things that, that I've that I've just looking at in general with this information, you know, it's fascinating. I think it's a very well done survey. Yep, exactly. um, yep. It's a very good sampling. Um, it shows there's definitely been some very good progress made, I believe, with B2B marketers and demand generation marketers, um, and even some B2C marketers in this case, in this survey. Um, but there's still a lot of work to do. And um, But I do see that there's some evolution um, and some growth that, that is happening. Um, but, you know, one of the areas I, I think we touched on a little bit, but, you know, if... Um, if, if we find something that is the right thing to measure, the right thing to focus on, um, the, the right thing to do, but we don't do it, I mean, why, what's the hold back there? Is it, is it fear? Is it FUD? Is it, you know, fear of failure, um, fear of experimentation, um, don't have the skills capabilities to know how to do the right thing? Um, you know, there. If if we're focused on social media just because it's sexy and interesting and easy to send tweets out, that's you know fine. But is that part of the big picture? Um, so, and how you know can you actually measure what's going on there? So, um, you know, I'm just looking at a lot of a lot of the the areas that. Um, it looks like they perform very well, but I don't think we're spending enough time on it. You know, word of mouth referrals uh, for the companies. Again, you know, just t rehashing on what I talked about before. If you're a small company, 27% of your business or your leads could come from customer referrals or word of mouth, but we're not focusing on that. Why not? Right. You know. Um, yeah, it's, it, a, it's, a, it's a treat it as another treat it as a program, just like you treat anything else, and right. it's. Again, you've got to look at it through the lens of, of your demand generation efforts, and this just becomes, you know, do a quick check, and it's like, oh, yeah, we do. We ask, our, we ask for referrals every time we renew, right? And that's, that's your customer support or customer experience. Maybe account manager who's comped, you know, based on, on getting the deal done. So their primary objective is not to get a referral. It's to get the renewal. Right. Um, yeah, right. so I think so you just have to think about it programmatically. So. All right, I have a, uh, I think this may be my favorite chart of the entire uh, survey. This is on page 28. Um, around top marketing priorities, but uh, it was a nice section here, which is marketing leadership versus practitioners. So this is going to mm. be uh, the people in charge of marketing versus the actual people doing it. And so, mm -hmm. uh, again, on page 28, what I think is awesome about this is a couple things. One, um, leadership is very focused on generating more leads, right? We saw in our early data, right? That's the, the top thing. And then if you look at the next bar chart down, uh, practitioners are actually more, more focused on converting those leads into revenue. Yeah, and that's fantastic. You know, they're closer they're closer to the action and they have more sensitivity or focus on converting leads to customers and revenue than the marketing leadership yeah. or that just, seems flipped yeah well or it's just the way the reporting is rolling up right i mean in terms True. of your sort of yeah. maybe your, your sort of core metrics or your key performance indicators you're thinking about are how many more leads am i generating um, again, I'll go back and continue to grind my uh, my axe on the cost of customer acquisition, which is heartbreaking to me here, uh, which is at least 6.3% of the marketing leadership is focused on it, but 
Um, zero percent of practitioners. I mean, well, that's a bogey. That's a metric because these are people that are yeah. that are that are that are that are proposing and designing campaigns. Uh, they are allocating budget. Uh, they need to know this as a as a as a core <laughs> metric of performance. I, I believe. Well, and if you don't know what the cost of acquisition is, how can you justify what you need for next year's budget? You know, right. and how do you how do you build that into? Right. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a yeah. forecasting, especially because you know, we're on the cusp of 2017, right? And we yeah. have to generate 500 new customers. What's that going to cost us, and how long is it going to take? Well, and that's where, you know, if you have attribution models, that's mm -hmm. where the, it's yeah. going to get you closer to that. Yeah. But um, I think by far my, my favorite data point on here, again, we'll go back to the unsure category, which I'm glad this was included. <laughs> uh, this is phenomenal, which is, what is your top marketing priority? Again, split between leadership and practitioners. Um, 1.4 percent of leadership doesn't know what their top marketing priorities are, but 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 all the practitioners oh. do because no wow. one no one, no one who's a practitioner is unsure. But but again, maybe that's within the margin of error. I'm not a statistician. Statistician, I can't who, even pronounce it. Well, uh, but the fact that someone in that, you know answered that in the affirmative is a little disconcerting. Well, and here's here's another one for me. I am a big advocate for working towards sales and marketing alignment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the practitioners have a greater interest, um, almost threefold, for working towards or making a priority sales and marketing alignment, 11.5%, uh, not a great percent for the overall survey, but only 4.3% of marketing leadership has any sort of priority focus on that, yeah. um, which is surprising to me. If yep, you're going to engage in full funnel marketing, uh, even anything around account-based marketing, you have to have alignment with your sales organization. Is from, it easy? From no. the leadership standpoint. From right? a leadership, that's that, where it's. That's starts. what there's. That, isn't that? Yeah, that's exactly yeah. where it's supposed to start, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. Again, a, a whole other topic, which here on the Marketing Franks podcast, we will definitely cover sales and marketing alignment. Um, Gets me grumpy, doesn't it? Well, hey, <laughs> this has been. Uh, I think a great conversation, Brian. Uh, Thank you so much stuff. for uh, uh, for weighing in on this, and and thanks to the folks at uh, Visible uh, for leading the charge on this, and and uh, Radius and Reachforce and Uberflip for for underwriting this awesome set of data. Um, you know, again, our 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 take is just one uh, one grumpy uh, set of uh, folks. <laughs> Uh, looking at, it. I think there's some, you know, there's, there's a lot of goodness going on here. I'm glad this kind of stuff goes on. I think these sort of trends and and uh, uh, yeah. uh, types of surveys are awesome to do. You know, see see how you feel or how you fit um, in some of these survey questions. If you didn't take take the survey and use this as a tool to help you with planning and guidance. And you know, if you have some questions about this or you just want to riff on it a little bit or think through some things. Give us a call. Yep. You know, you can email me, Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at HeinzMarketing.com, or Robert is uh, Robert at HeinzMarketing.com. Yeah, no, no, um, no, and no, I no would, giant formula there. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, we've got strong IP handling there. So, um, and then, uh, And again, please, this, can, this can be downloaded at, uh, it's got its own site and uh, a very low bar to, to get access to the actual material. What's the site again, Brian? Yeah, it's just PipelineMarketing.com. Just uh, name, first name, email, and... All things you should know. All things you should know. Check it out. Some good data there. Tell your friends. So anyway, I think uh, I think that's what we've got here. Don't I think we? so too. I think we have. Uh, I have uh, strewn papers all over the. Uh, you were getting the desk excited here. there. Well, that, you know, that's kind of how I work, right? I know some circles and some stars and, and different points of view. Yeah, so you're going Nate Silver on me. I am. Well. <laughs> <laughs> 
that was a whole topic, not for this podcast. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us today uh, on the Marketing Cranks podcast. This is episode three. We're having a good time doing these. We're going to continue to do them. Um, love your input on what you'd like to hear us talk about or not talk about, I guess, as we do more of these, if we completely are uninformed, or even if you have an opinion of your own that is inconsistent with ours and you'd like to be on the Marketing Cranks podcast, we are totally open to that type of stuff as well. Yeah, let us know, man. Uh, I always love to see different perspective and whatnot. So, All right, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us. Happy marketing. Happy sales. Get back to work. We'll talk soon. Generate some leads. (laughs) Bye, everyone.